0: Well, let's start tonight. I want to start talking about uh, angels in, uh, and, and demons in the life of Jesus. But I thought I'd begin with a little uh, trivia, a uh, little questions about about angels, just to see how much it is that you are aware. You're going to need, for this Bible study, you're going to need pen and paper. You're going to need that for the altar. This is very uh, scripture uh, deep, very, very, a uh, lot of scriptures will be uh, used on this Bible study. But I'm going to, again, with some, while you're getting your pencil and paper, I'm going to give us, it's a little trivia to see where you stand or how much do you know already about angels. Okay, here is the first trivia question while you're getting your pen and paper so that you can get the scriptures down for the, for the lesson. The question is, do angels die? And secondly, do angels reproduce? Hmm, Think about it for a minute. What's your answer? Do they die or do they reproduce? And the answer is no. Angels do not die and angels do not reproduce. Now, that's important to know, because if they don't die, they live on and on and on. And if they don't reproduce, then there are the same number of angels now as it was in creation. There, was no, there are no more or no less angels now than there are. Now, let me, let, me, let me throw this little nugget in here, because oftentimes we'll, we'll say if someone... Uh, passes away in our family, we will say uh, no, they have they're gone home to be an angel with the Lord. That is not a fact. That's not true. Angels don't die. They don't reproduce. And our, when we pass away, we do not become angels. As a matter of fact, to be uh, scripture, everybody says when, uh, we will be as he is as Jesus is and which is we know Jesus is a spirit. Our spirit will go to be where Jesus is and we will be as he is. Not as the angels are, but as he is. Hmm. So that was quite interesting question. I wonder how did you do? Did you do well on that one? Did you know all of that already? Okay, here's another question for you. What are the two kinds of angels? There are two kinds of angels and two types of angels. Ready for the answer? One, there are holy angels. And secondly, there are fallen angels. There are holy angels and there are fallen angels. And each of them have different, uh, different, uh, uh, different types. Of the holy angels, of the holy angels, they come in two different types. One is a serapin, and the other is a cherubim. Serapin and a cherubin. What is the difference, and what do they do? Cherubins are four-winged angels. They have four wings. It was a cherubim that that God sent uh, to guard the entrance to the Garden of Eden after he put man outside so that nobody could ever come back to the Garden of Eden. The cherubims then are guardians and they are the ones when when the Lord uh, sent to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah with fire he sent his cherubim, the strong guys, the mighty guys, the ones that are uh, that were guardians and 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 fighters. The other group is seraphims. Seraphims are not four wings, but they are six wings. You do remember in Isaiah when he said uh, he saw the angels coming from the throne of God; uh, they had. Two wings to cover their face, two wings. Well, their feet and with two wings they did fly. Two, two and two is six. And seraphims have the job, their job, main job is praisers. They're the ones that are around the throne of God all day and all night singing holy, 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 Lord God almighty. That's their, that's what they do. That's what they do. The fallen angels came, the, those that were left with Satan when God kicked him out of heaven. S- Satan had some followers. As a matter of fact, when he was in heaven, his name was not Satan. His name was Lucifer. His name was Lucifer. He was gorgeous. He was the most beautiful angel, the angel of light. But when God removed him from heaven, he changed, his name changed to Satan, which is uh, the prince of darkness. So he went from light to darkness. So the the types of angels, the falling angels, so holy angels are two types, seraphim and cherubim. Fallen angels that went with Satan also have two types. One of which we'll be talking about today, in today's lesson, which is demons. Demons are the ones that, that were Satan's followers that have uh, access to everything here on earth. They operate in the sphere above the ground in the earth. They are, they are then there are chained angels, chained fallen angels. They are literally chained and kept in hell to torment all the souls that come to hell. There are fallen angels that are chained in hell. There are fallen angels that are demonic in spirits and and operate here on, on earth. Now, the Bible, the primary cause of uh, or the name of uh, mission of an angel is messenger to be a messenger that's the primary f- function that God uses them for and the Bible lists the name the name of only three angels do you know them there are three named angels listed in the Bible do you know them here is one I've already given you. Lucifer, Lucifer was, uh, was his name when he was in heaven. The second angel's name is Gabriel. Gabriel is the one that all God always uses to send messages to his people. It was Gabriel that went and spoke to Mary to let her know that she would have a child uh, that was born of God, it was Gabriel. That went to Joseph and told Joseph that uh, don't you don 't have to worry you can marry her she's a good girl. It was Gabriel that he sent to John uh, uh, that, that whatever he, he sent to let him know that uh, it was that he was going to have a child uh, at a at late age. it 's Gabriel that goes always as the messenger of God and then the other name. Is Michael when Lucifer who became Satan when Lucifer was in heaven he, his title was the archangel that is archangel is the angel that is above all other angels Michael assumed that position when Satan was kicked out Michael is the archangel and is named in the Bible And oftentimes, when it talks about Michael, it it has to do with needing the strongest angel that God has to battle with the fallen angel named Satan. It is one Michael that when God raptures his church, when God calls the church to meet him in the middle of the air, it is Michael that will, or Gabriel will sound, will, will blow the trumpet but Michael will give a great shout and all of us shall meet him in the air. Yes, so, how did you do in our, bio, in our angel trivia? If you did okay in the angel trivia, okay, you are an angelologist. I declare you today an angelologist. But let's go a little bit further. Now we're going to dig in just a little bit deeper. Because we want to see, I want to show you the angels and the demons in the life of Christ, what happened. Now, I hope you have your sheet of paper, a pen, and I will tell you that for the most part, as a matter of fact, everything that we're going to do is going to be in the New Testament. So you can get to your Bible and get to the front of the New Testament. There are going to be one or two scriptures, uh, three, yeah, let's say, There are three scriptures that are, are in the writings of Paul. But everything else will fall between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. That's going to be primarily where we're going to look at it. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. We will also look at two or three of the letters uh, from Paul to determine the, the angels and the demons in the life of Christ. First of all, we must understand that the angels that we speak of were made by him, by Jesus. And we can confirm that if we go to Colossians, Colossians chapter one and we want to to look at verse 16. Write it down and then go to it. The angels that we talked about in our study and our trivia, all of them were made by him. Colossians one verse 16 says, for by him, were all things created, where? That are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. So you can share that when you're uh, telling people about your study of angels. They were created by Jesus Christ. Secondly, what do the angels do? They worship him. They worship him. Where well, we're gonna find that in Hebrew chapter one and verse number six. The text reads, and again, when he bringeth the first begotten unto the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. Worship him. They were created by him, they worship him. Also, angels were very instrumental in the birth of Jesus Christ here on earth. We know that he created them in heaven, but on earth, the angels predicted his birth before it happened. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter one, We're going to begin at verse 20. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. This is the angel speaking. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. Now when all that was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of, by, of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which is being interpreted is God with us. The angel predicted the birth of Jesus Christ here on earth, that's the prediction But not only that, they also announced the birth of Jesus Christ. They announced the birth in Luke chapter two. The Gospel of Luke chapter two. Look at first verse nine through 13. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone, shone, shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tiding of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you, is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and say, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The same Jesus that created angels and he created them for the purpose of worshiping him. They are the ones that predicted his birth on earth and they announced his birth on earth. But that's not where they stopped. Angels still had a role to play with Jesus. They protected him from King Herod. Matthew chapter two, they protected the baby Jesus from King Herod. Matthew chapter two. I'm gonna start, let's see, let's start with verse twelve. Twelve and thirteen. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into the country of their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph. The angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph, that's Gabriel. The angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph, that's Gabriel. He appears to him in a dream saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Be thou there until I bring thee word for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. But they were to leave and hurry and go to Egypt. To Egypt, to Egypt, why Egypt? Why would they leave Bethlehem and go to Egypt? You do remember that it was the Egyptians that God's chosen people were in bondage for over 400 years, it would seem odd that they would go to a land that they had been freed from. Well, one surmise uh, could be the fact that they were, would be able to blend in in Egypt because of their Appearance. Remember, when the Bible speaks of of Jesus, it talks of him as not having uh, a straight hair, not having a Jerry curl, but he had hair like wool. He had hair like wool, and they say his feet were brass. Brass is brown. Hello, and so it was easy for them to mix and mingle there because of their appearance. But not only did they uh, protect him from Herod, but then they even ministered to him at his darkest hour with Satan, Matthew chapter four. This was during the time that after Jesus had been baptized, he goes into a fast for 40 days 40 nights, because this was really the beginning of his earthly ministry. Most people don't understand why it was important for the baptism of Christ, because he had no sin, but he gave the answer. He said, do it because to fulfill all righteousness. This is why he's doing it, to fulfill all righteousness. And now he's getting ready, he hasn't launched, he hasn't done anything. So he's getting ready to launch his ministry. And to do that, he had to prepare himself spiritually. And so he fasted for 40 days and for 40 nights. And then at his lowest time physically, That's when the scripture says that Satan, that that the spirit led him to the wilderness to be tempted of Satan. Now this is after 40 days. What happens, what what the number 40? The number 40 means new beginnings. Jesus was about to launch his new ministry and his toughest trial would be the battle with uh, Satan in the wilderness when he is at his weakest point in his life. But each time that Satan tried to tempt Jesus to do this or to do that or have this or have that, he tried to tempt him three times. But every time, Jesus being weak and wounded and and, and weary, he responded with scripture. He responded was the word of God that was his only weapon that was all the strength that he needed was in the word and the scripture says in uh, uh, chapter 4 of Luke and uh, uh, Matthew rather and verse 11 it says then after uh, Jesus had done this overcome these temptations then the devil leaveth him and behold Angels came and ministered unto him. The angels were dispatched from heaven to minister to his physical need as well as his spiritual need to build him back up and get him ready for the journey that his life was taking. But not only did that did they minister to him in the wilderness. They also ministered to him in the Garden of Gethsemane. And look in Luke chapter 22 while I describe the setting. Now, this was at the conclusion of Jesus' earthly ministry. He had healed the sick, he had raised the dead, he had taught them what the, the under the right understanding of the word of God. And now his ministry was coming to an end and he would have to go to Calvary and be on the cross. But in that moment when he left from uh, the upper room where he told 11 of his disciples because Judas had already departed, he told 11 that this was his destiny and what he had to do. And he invited them to go along with him as he left the upper room. The Bible said They said he traveled down from Jerusalem, down through what is known as the Kidron Valley. And he went up to the Mount of Olives, where he had often been. And on that Mount of Olives, there was a place that was called Gethsemane. Jesus walks into Gethsemane with 11 of his disciples and he tells eight of them to stop. He said, you stay here and pray. He walked a little further with Peter, James, and John and he told them, you stay right here and I'll go and pray. And it was at that time where Jesus was wrestling with the biggest struggle that he had ever encountered. His deity, his godness versus his manhood, his mankind versus his flesh, his spirit versus his flesh. Even Jesus had to pray, not once, not twice, but three times which says to me that two times he wanted to do it like it was Burger King. He wanted to have it his way. But the third time when he prayed, sweat dropped off him like drops of blood and uh, he yielded, he yielded, he yielded everything. And he says, not my will, but thy will be done. And at that point, at that second, God released an angel, a messenger, to come down and minister unto him. Luke chapter 22, verses 43. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. Let me share this with you. If you don't get anything else out of tonight's lesson, I need you to understand this, beloved. That there are times in all of our lives when we will question decisions that God has for our destiny. There will become times in all of our life when we will struggle to do what we know we have to do. But it is only when we release our will to the will of God will we find strength from on high. God will give you the strength to endure and to manage whatever that situation is he does not he did not send the angel down to change it but he sent him to strengthen to so we'll be able to endure so it is that the angel was there in the garden of Gethsemane. it was also the angel that rolled away the tomb matthew chapter 28 Matthew chapter 28, after Jesus had been crucified, and his body was wrapped and laid in a borrowed tomb. It was the angels that came to open the the, the gateway. Matthew 28, verse two. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. No name is mentioned there, but where our assumption is uh, that was Michael, the strongest of the angels, the nearest to the heart of God that came down to roll away the stone, and he stayed there. But look, it stayed right there. In Matthew twenty-eight, and then go to verse 20, to verse six, he says, "He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord layeth." It was not only the angel that rolled away the stone, but it was also the angel that announced his resurrection. He's not in here. He rose like he said he would. And then after his resurrection, if we go to the book of Acts chapter one, we'll find that the the angels were present and predicted his second coming. Angels were present and predicted his second coming. Acts chapter one. I am going to read from verse 10, verses 10 and 11. Angels, uh, Acts chapter one. And while they looked steadfast toward heaven, as he went up, you remember Jesus rolled up on the cloud. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, angels, which said also said ye men of Galilee why stand ye gazing up into heaven here comes the announcement this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven so shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven and we do know that in the book of Revelation it describes that Jesus comes down riding on a cloud, same way that He went up, ascended from heaven. But He, when He comes back, they announce His coming, His return, that He's coming. But they said he, He's not coming by Himself. No, He's not coming alone. Go to 2 Thessalonians, second. Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. 2 Thessalonians, chapter 1, verses 7 and 8. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven how how with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes back he's not coming alone he's coming back with angels He's coming back, for, and it says the purpose, what? Taking vengeance, so you know he's coming back with an army of cherubims, the four-winged angels, the ones that have a power. And, uh, and so, we talked about the angels quite a bit tonight, we did angel trivia, and then when I taught, showed you where the angels participated. And now, I do really need you to understand that these scriptures that I'm sharing with you is not the only place you'll find those. And that's because the gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are what they call are these, Matthew, Mark, Luke, these are called the synoptic gospels. So you can find the same uh, story in either one of those uh, gospels. These were, I chose these for simplicity and for us to be able uh, to follow the pattern but you can find it in more than these places. But not only did angels participate in the life of Jesus, but he was like us, mankind. And therefore he had to deal with demons, you and I on a regular basis, seen or unseen, known or unknown, we still wrestle with demonic spirits and temptations that are here on earth. One thing we know for sure, the demons, they knew him. They knew him. Go to Mark chapter three. Mark chapter three, again, we're gonna stay primarily in the New Testament. The Gospel of Mark in chapter three, verse 11, I'm gonna read. I've started verse 11. And unclean spirits, when they saw him, hmm, fell down before him and cried, saying, thou art the son of God. And he straightly charged them that they should not make him known. And he goeth up into a mountain and calleth unto him who he would. And they came unto him. But when these spirits <clears throat> recognized him, they said, you are the son of God. Isn't it a shame that of all of the knowledge that we have today, and all of the opportunities that we have today, that even demons recognize the son of God. And yet many times, Men and women, boys and girls, don't recognize him in their lives and in their situations. These demons knew him. But it goes further than that, just knowing him. They feared him. Skip over with me in Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And y'all and see, young people these days, a lot of times, I've seen this, this subject they've had on their t- T-shirt, no fear. And they, they, they really, really mean that. And it's a shame to mean that. I, I'm not afraid. See, people are, aren't afraid like they used to be. Parents and grandparents, uh, uh, the saying goes, Put the fear of God in our hearts and our minds when we were but babes, when we were children. But when we start taking and accepting anything and everything and don't allow children to pray in schools, don't talk about Jesus in your homes. You're gonna raise children that have no fear. No fear, and that's why we have so many crimes and so much murder and so many things that are going on in our city because they don't have no fear of God. But these demons had sense enough to fear him. Luke chapter eight. Let's say verse 26. And they arrived at the country of Gatherings, Gal- Gal- which is o- over and against Galilee. So this is the city they're going to. And when he went forth to the land, there met him a, a, a certain, there met him out of the city a certain man which has devils long time and wear no clothes. Neither abode in any house, but in the tombs. Isn't it strange how why they mention that he he didn't wear clothes? Cause that was a sign of how dumb he really was. You know, I I have that same feeling when I see guys walking with their pants all down in their, their knees. The I, I, first thing I know, they don't know Jesus. They're walking all down. I see, I see uh, young girls wearing just about what will only be appropriate and uh, uh, maybe at a beach somewhere, as, as, as little clothes as possible. But when they saw this man, he recognized him because of his action. And when, verse 28 says, and when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him with a loud voice, saying, what have I to do with thee, Jesus? Called his name. Thou son of God, most high, called his position. I beseech thee, torment me not, don't hurt me for he commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man, for oft times it had caught him, and he was kept beyond with chains and with feathers, and he brake the bands, and was driven of the devil into wilderness. And Jesus asked him, saying, what is thy name? And he said, Legion, because many devils were entered into him. And they besought him that he would not command them to go out into the deep, And there was a herd of swine feeding on the mountain and they besought him that he would suffer them to enter into them and he suffered, he he allowed them. And then went the devils out of the man and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into a lake and were choked. They died, they would rather die than live with the devil in them. That's a good sermon right there. They'd rather die than live with the devil in their lives. The swine had better sense than a lot of people. They feared him. But not only did they they know him, not only did they fear him, but the demons also obeyed him. Look at Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, they also obeyed him. In verse 13, this was the same story. It said, uh, verse 13, and forthwith Jesus gave them leave, and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into a sea. The, the sea. They were about, just the number, get this, 2,000. About 2,000 swine died that, ended, that left out of the, 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 the demon, left out of the man and went into the sea. We are many. 2,000? My goodness. Last one I want to share with you, and not only did the demons know him and they feared him, they obeyed him, but they were all, they were cast out by him. I'm going to give you some scriptures. I'm going to tell you who it is and give you the scripture. I'm not going to read all of these. We're going to have a few more left. But I'm going to give you where you can find this. Who did he cast the spirit out, the demons out? Well, he cast, uh, they were cast out of humans by Jesus, a man in Capernaum. It's in Mark chapter one, in verse 25. This was a man in Capernaum. Read it at your own leisure, at your own time. He did also a man at Gadarene. We just read about Matthew chapter eight, verse 32. He did, I mean, look at this one. A mute man, mute. Matthew chapter nine. Matthew chapter nine. I must look at verse. Let's uh, start thirty-two. As they went out, behold they brought a dumb man possessed with a devil. And when the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, he began to talk, and the multitude were marveled, saying it was never so seen in Israel. He did what had never been done. This dumb man who could not talk, when Jesus, when they brought him to Jesus, Jesus enabled him to talk. And they said they don't know, I've never seen it like this before in Israel, a a mute man. And uh, then he cast out this evil spirit in a woman's daughter. In a woman's daughter was it Matthew chapter 15. I believe I'm gonna read this one too because of the uniqueness of it. I'm gonna begin with Matthew chapter 15. Let me see, where do I wanna start? Okay, yes. I wanna start at verse 22. And behold, a woman of Canaan, came out the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thy son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came the woman and worshiped him, saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. And she said, yes, she said, truth, Lord. But yet dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her old woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. This was a woman, a Canaanite woman. Remember in the Old Testament that uh, one of the nations that God strictly forbid it have anything to do with was the Canaanites. Yet this lady struggled to get to where Jesus was and pleaded and begged with him to heal her daughter. And Jesus' response was to her, is it uh, not to, to not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs? And he's saying, these miracles am I supposed to be doing are doing for the children of Israel? She said, yes. Yes sir. But even dogs get the crumbs that are left over. And that response was marvelous to Jesus because it showed her great, great faith. Even though she was not of the house of of the children of Israel, and even though she did not deserve anything from him, she was bold enough to submit to his will. And he said, O oh, great woman, a oh, woman of great in faith, be it unto thee as you will. He say, and uh, that hour, the very hour, the same time her daughter was healed. So he healed the woman's daughter. Uh, her demons were cast out. A man's son in Matthew chapter 17, verse 18. Now here, let's look at this one here. He, he, he cast out. A blind and mute man could not see, nor could he hear. Could he speak? Nor could he speak. 12, Matthew 12. I'm gonna look at this one, Matthew 12, Matthew 12. And 20, 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed of a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. That was a double miracle. That's one of the few times that Jesus did a double. He healed the blind and the mute at the same time. You know, the woman that had an infirmity for 18 years, that story is in Luke chapter 13 verses 10 through 17. This is the last one I'm gonna read for today. Luke 13, beginning at verse 10. Well, I guess I won't. I read this Bible so much, I didn't tore the page out. So, man. so I'm gonna have to go to another verse. I'm gonna have to go to another verse. I'm gonna have to start, I won't just start at 10, but I'm gonna have to start in the middle part of 11. It says somewhere about her infirmity, her infirmity was 18 years and was bowled together and could in no way lift herself up, this lady had, was, was bent over, crooked. It got bold. They say bold. She could, she could not stand up straight. Verse 12 says, And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loosed from this infirmity. And he laid his hand upon her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. What happened? And then the rulers of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, and said unto the people, There are six days in which men are to work; in them, therefore, uh, therefore come and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Uh, verse 15. The Lord answered them, said, Thou hypocrite, dost not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead them away to watering? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on this Sabbath day? This was a great miracle, a great, great miracle. And the last one where well, uh, that. Where well, the cast out of humans was Mary Magdalene and other women, Mark chapter sixteen, Mark chapter sixteen, Mark chapter sixteen, verse number nine, and then I finished. Mark sixteen and verse number nine. Now when Jesus was risen early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Mary Magdalene, he cast out seven devils out of hers. Now, these are, as I said, you will find... uh, Passages, other passages that are very similar to these because of them being in the synoptic gospels. But the point is that the activity that has occurred in the life of Christ with angels and with demons. And I pray that tonight's insights, tonight's lesson has been a blessing to you that may be burdened with an infirmity or with a temptation or with flesh, and you should know that there's nothing too hard for God, that he has to still, he still has delivering power and he still can break away chains and feathers that are in our lives. If we just trust in him, he can still do what he has done before. I thank you for participating in tonight's le- lesson and I look forward to seeing you on next Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Let's pray. Oh God, our Father, we do give you thanks for your word, which is everlasting. We thank you for the examples that you have laid before us that strengthen us and enable us to call upon you in our desperate times of need. We thank you for your word, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And we pray tonight that someone is strengthened, someone is encouraged, someone came to know you in a better way. This we pray, not by might of power, but by your spirit. And in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.